Paul Giamatti as a Gamorian character. And he, for some reason, he starts crying. That's all to come on today's show because we are pitching new Star Wars trilogies. That's right. There's going to be new Star Wars trilogies. We're going to pitch our trilogies to you. By the way, I was uh, supposed to moderate this show, but Daryl subbed out <laughs> about two hours ago, and I had to come up with a new uh, Star Wars trilogy. So you're going to hear my Star Wars trilogy as well. What's up, Story Geeks? It's Jay Shear. On today's show, Andy Neal from the Diz Insider and the Dcast podcast, and Paul Verhoeven, author of Loose Units, um, and of course, Daryl will be on the show as well, Daryl Smith, the co-host of the show. We are all going to be doing this nerd fight. Daryl's moderating. The rest of us are fighting for our trilogies, pitching our trilogies to you. This is episode three in our current Star Wars series, so make sure you subscribe on your preferred podcast provider. Thanks for listening in. The Story Geeks podcast is produced by the Reclamation Society. All right, let's fight like nerds over the next Star Wars trilogy. Just uh, before we dive in here real quick, guys, welcome to the show. Andy Neal, this is your first time on our show, right? Yes, first time on here. Great. Well, welcome. We're happy to have you. And Paul Verhoeven, welcome back to the show. Whee! I left my stuff here. I had to come back to get it anyway. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) We've been trying to get a hold of you, so finally. (laughs) Um, So we're going to fight about... Uh, pitching an all-new Star Wars trilogy today. You guys are each going to be pitching a whole new Star Wars trilogy. And um, let me just real quick go through the format of this, just to remind everybody. We will have three rounds, and each of you in each round will have two-ish minutes. Given this format, we're going to be a little lenient on the time, but two-ish minutes to present one one of your movies in the trilogy per round. So in the first round, it's the first movie, second round, second movie, third round, finale, so on. Um, I will be scoring points during each of these three rounds. The person who has the best presentation, as per my own personal judgment, <laughs> will receive <laughs> two points. Second place, one point. Third place, a big old goose egg. And we will do that for all three rounds. And then at the end of those three rounds, whoever has the top two scores will advance to the final round. Mm. And then... Um, I will have a question for the two of you to compete against that you have not heard yet. And to be completely honest, I have not thought of yet. Yeah, so right. it's <laughs> going to be awesome. <laughs> and then we're, are we doing counterpoints on this or no? And we are going to do counterpoints okay. too, yes. So we'll, each of you will have two-ish minutes to present your thing. We'll go through all three of us. Mm-hmm. And then we'll go back and each person will have one minute to rebut against what everybody else said. Oh, so God. Okay. That will happen for <laughs> every round. Every so round. You'll catch on as we go. Yeah, right. <laughs> <So>. right. <laughs> and if not, just yell at me. It's yeah. fine. I can handle it. I fully accept my failure today for not being able to compete. So, oh, Jay, Jesus. thanks for bailing me out. Yeah. I think I feel like I need extra points, maybe. Just a yeah, few extra points. I here thought about that, but I don't think my inadequacy should punish Andy yeah, and Paul. Yeah, that's true. It's so, true. So, uh, are you guys ready to go? Yeah. Let's go. Okay. We will uh, we'll let Jay lead the way here. So right. this is uh, round one, movie number one. Let me get my trusty stopwatch out here, Jay. Yes. And you've got about two minutes. Like I said, we'll be kind of lenient Sounds here. Sounds good. And go. All right. The f- name of my first movie in this trilogy is The Treasure of Kirik Dunn. So this introduces us to Yara Aiden, a young treasure hunter who stumbles upon an ancient Sith holocron. As soon as word of her find leaks to the Jedi Order and the Sith Empire, both groups attempt to buy it from her, and a newcomer also shows up, a mysterious lightsaber-wielding man named Z Kindred, who isn't actually a Force user. He attempts to steal it from her, but Yara soon discovers that the Holocron is slowly trying to turn her to the dark side in order to release an ancient Sith Lord that will take possession of her. Uh, this takes place in the Old Republic, as you may have guessed, since I used the Sith Empire as a format there. Yara would be played by Haley Atwell. Z would be played by Idris Elba. And this character I'm about to introduce to you, Darth Artis, would be played by Tom Hiddleston. Mm. Uh, this last plot point, the end of the movie, Yara discovers that she must destroy the Holocron, Holocron by submersing it in the lava on Mustafar. 
as Yara attempts to destroy the holocron, a Sith apprentice named uh, Weequa Ardis begins to perform a ritual to awaken the Sith Lords trapped in the holocron. Z must fight Ardis while Yara destroys the holocron. And that's the first movie of the trilogy. Mm. There are so many words in that that I have no idea what they are. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I came up with a lot of names, too. I'm like, I should not be naming these characters. We're never going to remember any of them. Thus, fully explaining why you should be doing this and I should not. <laughs> so, Okay. So, that is Jay's round one. Paul, we have you up next. Are you ready to go? Whew, uh, yeah, okay. Uh, sure, All why right. not? <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. So, you okay. have ab- about two minutes, no more than three, and your time starts now. Okay. Uh, well, first of all, um, I think the title of this film might need some work. It's called Turn Off the Dark. Uh, so let's, let's just <laughs> sidestep that. Uh, it's at 25 years after Return of the Jedi and the peace that our heroes from the old trilogy fought so hard for is under threat, yada, yada, yada. Um, the Sith has slowly risen again thanks to the help of a resurgence of Imperial idiots who I would effectively portray as uh, white supremacists, basically just in cool helmets. Um, <laughs> Luke has started a Jedi Academy, but something is wrong. Leia and Han's son, a student there, played by Dev Patel, yum, um, has jumped across and he's become a Sith and he's been a Sith for a while now. Meanwhile, a shit-kicking smuggler, played by Emma Stone, has been ignoring her force abilities and is on the run, uh, sorry, is doing a run, like a smuggling run through the outer systems when she runs afoul of a Sith blockade and she runs into Han and Leia's kid, Dev Patel. The character's not called Dev Patel, it doesn't matter, you get it. And she saves him (laughs) and they save each other, in fact, and they are marooned on a planet together for like months months on end and in the course of trying to survive together she uses her latent force abilities and reveals that she's a total good guy and the two of them get to talking and they start philosophizing about the force and they come to a conclusion and that is that the jedi have to end the sith have to end they have to tear everything down like they just have to turn the force off and she reveals that she's heard of something in her travels from a wandering scholar there is an actual source for the force a force source if you will it's like a plug (laughs) and they want to head to this fulcrum upon which the force rests and just like turn it off Basically, the force is nuclear weapons, and no one gets to play with them anymore. So that's that's the movie. Ooh! Wow. Huh. You guys are all very economical with your time here. I am impressed. Okay. S- economical or S- underprepared? Uh, whichever whichever <laughs> way you want to see it. <laughs> I I was going with the positive route, I, but if you I want to knock that. yourself down, I I totally get the impulse. So. Sure. Sure. Andy, are you ready? All right, let's do this. Okay, go for it. All right, I'm going uh, a little old school here, a little uh, before the prequels, but not too far back. We are going to start with a movie called Plagueis, something I've always wanted to hear about. Uh, we find a young force-sensitive force, uh, force uh, sensitive, uh, child, or teenager actually, in the Outer Rim, whose abilities are off the charts, and everyone kind of just scared of him, stays away from him, until he gets the attention of a young master who wants to have an apprentice, and we find out that his... I'm going to say the word, I'm sorry. Metachlorians are off the chart. <laughs> Therefore, he we, we see th- this guy, this 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 young force user who ends up becoming Darth Plagueis the Wise. Um, we find out by the end of the film, develop his powers uh, to the point where he then gets the attention of the Jedi Order and we see a battle ensue. And that's really about it. That's all. I'm, I'm way underprepared compared to you guys. I was not ready. <laughs> wow. I'm going to lose this. <laughs> Okay. All right. So we have our first three arguments, and now we are going to rebut. So, Jay, you get the first opportunity to rebut and tell us why your movie is vastly better than Paul's and Andy's. Yeah. Are you ready? So, yeah, vastly better is vastly. Uh, generous. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, okay, so I'll, I'll say this. I uh, like the fact that my film has nothing to do with the Skywalker saga or any names we've ever heard coming out of the Skywalker saga. Andy's Andy's almost there. Andy's almost there, but he's still got Plagueis in there, and Plagueis does show up in the prequel trilogy as being referenced. Um, so as a big fan of the Old Republic, I'm going to just hang out there and think that that's a, uh, the best possible place for our next story to take place in. Um, 
I also think that uh, I really like both ideas, by the way. I would watch both those movies uh, to death. Um, I'm, I'm a little worried, Paul, that you're trying to... I know that it's really strange for me to hear you almost work some Raylo into your <laughs> into your, into your <laughs> pitch because um, I know how much you hate Raylo. Um, oh, yeah. So uh, that's a little odd. And then, uh, you know, Jedi Order versus Plagueis could be cool. And that's your time. So, yeah, that's just the one minute there. So that's the one minute to do. is so brutal. Especially when you don't have a clock in front of you. I have the clock in front of me. I know. <laughs> All right, Paul, it is your time to rebut. I like to say that word, rebut. I find yep. it entertaining. To butt and again, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Go for it. Okay, so um, here's a funny story. My rebuttal is going to come in the form of a very strange anecdote. In about 2008 or 9, um, I was hosting a Q&A with Ryan Johnson over at a, uh, a local uh, independent cinema in Melbourne. And uh, they basically, as part of the Q&A, just took me and Ryan and a film executive out to dinner. And the drinks started flowing. And then I said to Ryan, I started talking about Star Wars. And I think we were talking about how much the prequels annoyed us. And so I pitched him this film. I pitched him this movie, and I'm not saying <laughs> I planted ideas, but there were a shitload of commonalities between what he did and what I said. Um, he, I think he kind of spiked the ball the wrong direction for a few things, but part of the reason I want to get behind my pitch is because I think it would have been better than Return of the Jedi. I think it was a better direction to take it. Um, it doesn't kill off key characters, uh, it isn't edgelordy, and it's sort of, I mean, I just also like the idea of casting Dev Patel. You know, like, <laughs> the Star Wars universe pays lip service to diversity, and but I just think that- your time. Oh, okay, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's, a, it's the worst feeling in the world. I know. By the way, that's the coolest story of all time. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? It really is. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not exaggerating. We were about 10 wines in. We were talking about oh, how wow. much we both had a crush on Sam Rockwell. And then I just went, hey, can I pitch my Star Wars, like my Star, new Star Wars movie at you? And he's like, yeah, sure. And I just went deep. I went deep into the... But the key through line was, I want uh, to tear down the Sith and the Jedi. And I used the phrase, the Jedi have to end. So I'm just... And I was sitting I in the cinema like going, <laughs> am I validated or is this like a lawsuit that's waiting to happen? You oh, know? man. I feel like you need a writing credit on that, right? Well, oh, my yeah. God. A I think that would... Credit. Yeah, yeah. Earlier today on another recording, Jay name dropped uh, John Favreau and talked about how John hates him because he tried to sell his stuff on eBay. So <gasps> I think your story is better. That is such <laughs> the wrong message. I have not sold anything of John Favreau's on eBay. Oh my god! <laughs> I, I might Thanks have twisted that one a little. Now bit. Now he's gonna hate me even more for no reason. <laughs> All right, Andy, it's your turn to rebut. Are you ready? Yes. Okay, and go. Essentially, I think my film is better because we are getting into a realm in Star Wars where you can't really get too much into the nitty gritty. And if the franchise is going to have any viability, you need to kind of piggyback off what people already know. There is this question now; it may get answered in the next film, uh, the the um, the Rise of Skywalker. But there is this question of Darth Plagueis that was brought up, and everybody's been asking about it. And I think this movie answers a lot of questions, and it gives you a lot more directions to go to. Um, w- Pulling people in and then also giving you new material and not, you know, I know I realize there's a, there's a, a Darth Plagueis um, book out there, but it was before the Disney acquisition. Therefore, it is just Legends right now. Mm. So I think essentially this is the most viable film. If you're going to go something unfamiliar, you need some sort of hint of familiarity that everyone can kind of latch on to, give everybody handles. So that's my, my pitch why mine is the best. Okay. Hmm. All right. Now I have to make judgments. Yes. So um, just know that I love you all. and <laughs> But some of you less than others. But not everybody's going to get points. <laughs> That's right. It ain't personal. Um, okay. I think, um, I think the two point here is going to go to Paul. But I will preface this. Your Ryan Johnson name drop will only work once. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. All right. It's like a... Like a like a mediocre parachute. I appreciate that. Um, no, actually, um, I, I really liked this, the story you talked about there. I, I've wished that we would have seen Dev Patel and some other stories like this, too. So mm. I, that well, was I, mean, a I just think he should be cast as everything. I think he should be the next Doctor Who. I think he's perfect. So any chance to slip him in. And plus, I want to meet him and <laughs> touch him and smell him. And sorry, I'll, I'll stop. <laughs> what I love about Paul's, what Paul's pitch, too, is that he's like he's describing it. I'm like, 
dude, did Paul just <laughs> just pitch the exact same movie we saw, but with some changes to it? I don't, I don't understand what's going on. Yeah, <laughs> so it's kind of perfect. Yeah. That story is perfect. I love it. Oh, cheers. Um, and then, um, Andy, I'm sorry, but I think I'm going to give the one point to Jay. Um, but Which is, don't worry, this is only round one, and there's plenty of time left. Um, but I dig the whole sort of, you know, Indiana Jones meets Star Wars kind of vibe. I'm liking that. Um, and I don't know a whole lot about the Old Republic, but I'm intrigued by the Old Republic. So that is kind of something that I would like to see, too. Um, but you'd, it's that one wasn't by much because I'm intrigued by Plagueis, too. I don't know a whole lot about that. So, so as it stands, we've got Paul with two points, Jay with one, Andy with plenty of room to Goose grow. egg. <laughs> <laughs> And um, we are going to move into round two. So it is time to present your second film. Paul, this time we are going to start with you. Okay. And okay. Uh, I'm ready if you're ready. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. All right. Hit it. Okay. So this film is called Don't Force the Issue. Uh, just FYI, every film is going to have a stupid pun as the title, so you know, brace yourself. Uh, so effectively what's happened is as this film kicks off, our heroes have got their plan to turn off the force, but they've been sprung. So Sith Intelligence has revealed that our Skywalker kid, played by Dev Patel, has defected from the Sith, and Luke has tapped into our smuggler's force affinity, and it's revealed in a series of Kill Bill 2-style flashbacks that she was his first student when he started the Academy, but she literally voluntarily left and cut off her attunement to the force. So, what they do is, the Sith send Sith after these two, because they can't lose, you know, the, the dark side, they need the Force. And the Jedi send Jedi after them. So now it's a race to the center of the universe, with Jedi and Sith both running pell-mell across the galaxy after these two. Also, while they're doing it, they have a Mass Effect 2-style team-up, this, like, hodgepodge Firefly-style crew of, like, super cool space allies. So we've got, like, a Jawa, we've got a Gamorrean, played by Paul Giamatti. It's a whole... So by the end of it, you've got this cool crew of great characters who are all on the same page, and that is that the Force needs to die. And I think it ends with them arriving at this planet. So that's that's the pitch for the second film. <laughs> Can I give him two points for a Gamorrean played by Paul Giamatti? Because that's awesome. <laughs> that's epic. <laughs> uh, all right. Andy, you are up next. Are you ready to all go? All right. Okay. Let's go. Hit us. All right, next film is called Rule of Two. Uh, essentially, within the uh, set order, you can only have two. And Darth Plagueis is now grown. He is now played by a Andy Sudeikis. Obviously, this motion capture, it's not going to be real because he is a moon. He's not a real uh, human being character. Therefore, he's going to be motion capture for the vast majority of the film. And uh, essentially, he's become the most powerful force user in the entire universe, the Jedi Order have been able to keep him under control, but cannot face him directly. He is out in the outer rim. And essentially what happens with the rule of two is there cannot be any more than two and two Siths at one time. And eventually the apprentice will kill the master. And over time and time again, the apprentice has attempted to kill the master, but Dark Plague keeps killing his apprentices upon their attempt on his life. And he just becomes a very, very lonely person until he falls in love with a, a certain apprentice that he cannot stand to lose. But he keeps it a secret and ends up marrying this young apprentice. And then there you have the rule of three. And then his last apprentice <clears throat> becomes a young force user named Darth Sidious, um, who we know as Palpatine. And we are introduced to Palpatine at the end of the film uh, during a battle with the Jedi in the Outer Rim as uh, they're trying to take him down one last time. Man, you guys don't even need remotely two minutes. I am impressed. <laughs> One thing they taught me in film school is elevator pitches. Like, if you can't get it done in an elevator, it's not worth pitching. Uh, yeah. Fair yeah, enough. Yeah, exactly. I would have needed a much longer ele elevator ride for mine. <laughs> um, okay, Jay, are you ready to go? I am ready to go, yes. All right, go for it. All right, our young female heroine, Yara. Uh, this is called, by the way, movie number two is called G Ghosts of the Jedi. Ghosts of the Jedi. Our young heroine, Yara, receives an urgent transmission from Z. This is the Idris Elba character. Informing her that the Sith have hired a bounty hunter named Cassius Fett to hunt down and kill a Jedi named Darius Nardan before he can unearth an ancient Jedi book that teaches light side users to become force ghosts. Yara and Z must team up to fight Cassius, but little do they know that Cassius is working alongside Darth Artis, the former Sith apprentice 
from the last film. By the way, Cassius is going to be played by Jason Statham, and <laughs> Nord Nardan is being played by Tom Cruise, mostly because Daryl loves Tom Cruise. Uh, moving on to how this movie ends, uh, Yara and Z find the ancient tome and give it to Nardan, the Jedi, but Cassius and Artis still manage to kill Nardan, sorry Tom Cruise, with the hope of the Jedi knowledge and the revival of that knowledge completely crushed. The movie ends with Yara and Z discovering that Nardan, before his death, put everything he was learning in a Jedi holocron, which sets up the third film. My goodness. Okay. Paul, are you ready to rebut? Yes, I am. Okay, go ahead and rebut. All right. I said yes. What I actually meant was maybe. Anyway, regardless, <laughs> let's, let's plow on. I think what really gets me in this one is the idea that, because um, I was really annoyed at the fact that, look, you're in a universe full of amazing aliens, and you just don't have those, those. I mean, the thing I like about the Mandalorian is that it really throws cool characters who are like cool archetypes at you. So like IG-11, and you've got like Nick Nolte's Ugnaught. So there's no reason I couldn't have like. Nicolas Cage playing a, a Deveronian narcoleptic bounty hunter or like Colin Firth playing like an ex-moth, you know, who's kind of changed his ways and is a total pacifist. And, you know, you could have like a really cool crew of character actors playing weird space friends, you know? And, I mean, my pitch is space friends, all right? So if you, wanna, if you want more space friends, you're going to have to greenlight this. If you don't want Colin Firth with an eye patch, you know, like smoking a cigar in an imperial outfit, then, you, you know, I guess keep moving. <laughs> That's my pitch. <laughs> I like it. I like it a lot. Oh my goodness! All right, Andy, you ready to rebut? Let's go. Hit it. Essentially, uh, this is good. More of a, a tragedy and a romance. Uh, of course, the the young love interest of Plagueis will be played by Emma Stone of all people, and um, I, this a lot, there will be, there will be a lot of parallels drawn between. Um, the second prequel film in this, I know, but this is really, you get into the psyche of a person who is truly evil, but falls in love. Whereas, you know, where we had Darth Vader or Anakin fall in love, he was still on the light side. This is someone who is truly evil, who is truly dark and the psychology of them falling in love, um, how that plays with, how that plays with their mind. Someone who has murdered all, you know, thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people and still has the capacity to fall in love and be so obsessed with this person. That's something we I don't think we've seen in the Star Wars universe uh, thus far. There will be, of course, the, the, the parallels drawn with Anakin, but I think this goes a lot further because you have someone who is truly evil and how can someone who's truly evil find mm -hmm. love? And that's your time. Okay. Awesome. And Jay. Yeah. I, first of all, I love how everybody's really too nice to not criticize the other movies, <laughs> which, is, which is pretty good. I like that. I'll well, just wait till, is, round, this, wait till round three. <laughs> yeah, this yeah. format is a little different. I mean, we're not; these aren't like as direct <laughs> no, arguments I know. as I'm we just, often I'm do. Just it's more teasing, of pitching. Yeah. But, uh, so okay. I just want to say to you personally that um, I did mention Jason Statham doing very fast and wait, furious I'm, type I, things. Should I have started your, yeah, yeah, start your time, time start yet? Time, yeah. Okay, start my okay. time. Go. Uh, Jason Statham doing very Fast and Furious type things, but we actually never hear him talk, and he never takes off his helmet. So we don't know it's Jason Statham, <laughs> but he's in there. Just trust me. Uh, and then uh, I think Tom Cruise is going to do at least three or four of his own stunts. I haven't really worked out what those are, but uh, for sure he will be doing that. So I don't really have anything else to say. That's the end of that? Yeah, no. Okay. I didn't think through Paul Giamatti. I'm still Paul Giamatti as a Gamorrean is still it's still on my mind. I can't oh, get it out of my it, mind. God, so I want that action figure. You know, it's so good. <laughs> he would not get. I mean, if you had like billionaire era Paul Giamatti, he's not getting force choked at Jedi's Palace. <laughs> no you know? way. He's choking back. I mean, he wasn't a BDSM in that show, so I guess he is choking back. <laughs> Do you know how like annoyed he would be with all the other dumb Gamorreans in his intelligence? Yeah, it would be so uh, funny. So exhausted. Yeah. Okay. All right. Judgy time. Um, I am super on board with a better version of what the prequels attempted to do. So, Andy, I'm going to give you the two points here. Oh, wow. I love the idea of that that you know darker version of somebody who's truly evil falling in love i want to see that idea redeemed so you totally nailed me on that one i'm going to give you the two points um between jay and paul um for jay 
I'm going to say three words. And those three words are Tom Cruise is patronizing great. never helps. <laughs> oh, of course it does. Of course it does. And then uh, the other three words that I have for Paul are narcoleptic bounty hunter. That's <laughs> freaking brilliant. I love that. So, Paul, I'm giving you the one point. Sorry, oh, Jay. You. You're, okay. you're going to goose out on that one. With Paul Giamatti and Nick Cage references, uh, That um, I would have given you two points, Paul. Oh, you really thought you'd get me just by throwing Tom Cruise into a Star Wars movie? <laughs> no, I actually liked it. I liked the casting period, but then I'm like, dude, I gotta like double down on it. Just so I mean, deal. your your story ideas were good, but you leaned way too heavily on that Tom Cruise thing. Oh, so bummer. I had to nail you for that. Thought Tom Cruise would save me. Yeah, well, everybody thinks that at first, but then he just lets them down. <laughs> but he does all his own stunts, which is amazing. <laughs> okay, round three, Andy. We are going to start with you this time. All right. So I'm ready if you're ready. I'm ready to go. Go for it. All right, we uh, open up with a young Mace Windu, of all people, Samuel L. Jackson. Um, They'll do some cool little, uh, you know, age reversing, you know, some Robert De Niro or, you know, whatever whatever uh, they're, they're doing with that now. I know it's a lot of money to do that. But we have a uh, young Mace Windu chasing Darth Plagueis and his love through the universe. Uh, essentially getting the battle, and he ends up killing... A young Emma Stone and Plagueis ends up taking her away and escapes from Mace Windu, who we never see in the movie again. He's gone. Um, but because of his use of the Force, he is so powerful, he is able to bring her back to life. Uh, young Sidious sees this, hears of this, and realizes how powerful he truly, truly is. And essentially, through a series of events, they try to overthrow the Jedi, and he Sidious says he's on board, but he essentially not only kills Darth Plagueis, but the the Force-using love interest, played by Emma Stone, which I haven't given a name to yet, um, kills her and then takes over and then slides his way into the Senate, which we end up leaving the film where uh, Sidious has just entered the Senate for the first time, and we see that, that grand room of the Senate, and that's where we end up. All right. <clears throat> And Jay, you are up next. All right, tell me when to go. Go for it. All right, so this one is called The Dead Rise. So with his victory over Nardan, uh, poor Tom Cruise, he's dead, uh, Darth Artis takes the ancient Jedi book and studies it to learn how to bring back the old Sith Lords and control them. But as he studies the holocron, he also learns something else, the location of the last Jedi enclave home to the last of the Jedi Masters. He travels to Dantooine and, uh, to destroy the Jedi as he continues to bring more Sith Lords back from the dead as, as ghosts, as Force ghosts, Sith Force ghosts. Yara and Z must get Nardan's holocron to the Jedi Masters on Dantooine before Darth Artis gets there and lays waste to it. In the end, Artis kills all the known Jedi except Jedi Master Mantis Varus, played by Brian Cranston. Uh, Yara must smuggle the last Jedi Master into a hidden Jedi uh, temple deep underneath Dantooine. As Darth Artis and the enemy of Sith ghosts under his command descend on Yara and Varus, Varus is able to raise all of the fallen Jedi from the dead as Force ghosts. Darth Artis fights Z and Yara as the Jedi and Sith Force ghosts do battle around them. And then finally, Z has to sacrifice his life so that Yara can defeat Artis. And as Artis dies, so too does the Sith ghost army. And despite not being a Force user, Z becomes a Force ghost through the will of the Force. Okay. And Paul, are you ready for your third pitch? Oh, yeah, I'm ready. Hit it. Okay. This uh, third installment is called Just Jedi already. Uh, the name is pending. You can, we can change that. We can talk. <laughs> so, um, at the start of the third film, the Jedi and the Sith and our band of Firefly-esque kind of rogues have landed at the planet where the source is. And um, the idea is that when they all arrive, the planet itself generates an army to defend itself. So it actually generates, you know, like fleets of, of spaceships and heaps of bad guys on the planet. And... It's a terrifying army in space and on land. And both sides throughout the past films have spent so long battling against these enemies, these new enemies being conjured up. And they've spent so long pursuing these, these annoying rogues in their ship. And they've spent so long pursuing common goals that throughout this incredible battle, they basically start fighting together. For the first time ever, they have a common enemy. Finally, the, the universe has given them something to fight for together. And the whole thing 
was a trick. Basically, the planet created this this myth, this crisis, and generated this army in the hopes of actually uniting Jedi and Sith together. So effectively, what happens is there, there's no way to turn the Force off. The, the whole point of this planet is actually to instigate the idea of balance by making these people fight together because nothing unites like a common enemy. Also, at one point, Luke is about to get axed mid-battle and Leia rocks up and folds an enemy ship in half like a paper cup. Also, Gamorrean Paul Giamatti cries, um, and it's, it's really powerful. Anyway, that's, that's the film. <laughs> oh, if Gamorrean Paul Giamatti's crying, I'm crying. I can guarantee yeah. it. It's, it's a thing. It is a thing. Okay, and now we are ready for uh, rebuttals. And Andy, you get to go first. All right. First off, force ghost armies. Don't buy it. No. Also, having the Sith and Jedi come together for balance, that, 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 just, that doesn't work for me at all. I need constant conflict. That's how story works. So therefore, my, mine is better because not only is it stuff that we know about, that we know works, that is familiar, and it's not it's not taking new liberties or getting stuff out of old, old canon or legends, um, it is true and tested, and it is a very dark somewhat formulaic but we know that it works and the 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 essential of my film is that we know this is viable and it will be it will bring in both star wars fans and the novice moviegoer alike and they will enjoy it in a very dark and gritty you know tragedy and this will be called the tragedy of darth Plagueis. um i didn't put the title in before but yeah okay and jay you are up all right that was a rebuttal by the way good job andy um so I was super on board with Paul's trilogy until I learned that it was ultimately about balance because I can't stand balance in Star Wars. <laughs> and it's too confusing. So I'm out. But um, I also don't really want to revisit the prequels in any way, shape, or form. So I'm out of that one too. I just want new stuff. I want Old Republic stuff. And I'm going to try and deliver Old Republic stuff. Paul, can you get me a meeting with Ryan Johnson? <laughs> Can we talk about this? <laughs> that's where that's where you're stopping. That's where I'm stopping. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right, Paul. You are the final uh, butt to rebut. All I right. Don't know what that, I don't check, know what that means. Check this butt out. Yum yeah. yum. Okay. Right. Now that's Australia's ass. Yes. <laughs> that's going on my resume. So <laughs> you mentioned constant conflict and that being the only way to keep the story going. One of my bugbears is that people are too afraid to end stories. People are cowards. They just want to keep milking the cash cow. Sometimes you reach an organic endpoint in a story and you can actually land the ship. So if you're not brave enough to go, this is the end of a story, then this is not the trilogy for you. But I want to close this out. I want to go, you know what? They actually do have a happy ending and there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, also, it's a do-over. If you didn't like The Last Jedi, we can completely wipe the slate clean. Han lives. Gamorrean and Paul Giamatti. Uh, in, in closing, Gamorrean and Paul Giamatti and, and Han kiss. There you go. How's that? <laughs> oh my God. They kiss around the fangs or tusks or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh my god. I still yeah. can't get over to Paul Giamatti in a Star Wars film. I just can't. This is impossible. Um uh okay. Alright. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, But you know that if Han and Paul Giamatti's Gamorian kissed, they're gonna be revealed to be brothers later on too if it's George Lucas. <laughs> That's how Star Wars works. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Star Wars just became Game of Thrones. <laughs> I'm just waiting for Raylo to get trashed and they're related and everybody's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> no <seriously. sighs> wow. Okay. All right. I'm going to go ahead and award some points here. And um, I'm going to I'm going to give the two points to Jay. Um, I actually really dig the whole Jedi ghost versus Sith ghosts thing. I'm fascinated by that. Um. And then um, as intriguing as a Han Solo, Paul Giamatti makeout session <laughs> might be to some, <laughs> I'm not looking for that. So I'm going to give the one point to Andy. <laughs> no offense, that's Paul. A, that's a hate crime technically, all right? That's big <laughs> I won't stop it. Um, Get which, off my plane. <laughs> so this creates something that I'm not sure has happened on the show before. Yeah. And I did not do this on purpose, I promise, but we've ended up with a tie. <laughs> so is, is a tie? What's, the t- what's the points? Um, so it's 
three it's three three three. Oh, is it really? <laughs> yeah. Right. So we all go into the question. So rounds. everybody goes into oh, the last round. Oh yes. man, that's never happened. So instead of two, it's going to be all three going into the final round. Okay. Okay. So um, what we're going to do right now is we're going to take a quick break. And then we will come back and I will reveal my questions and you guys will have had some time to think about your answers to it. So we'll be back in just a minute. Okay, we are back. We are ready to do our final round here. Normally, when we do this round, we only have two competitors and whoever has the highest point value gets to decide whether they go first or second. Obviously, we can't do that this time, so I'm going to throw that out the window. So here's how <laughs> we're going to decide um, the order. So... I am thinking of an episode number between one and nine. And each of you guess an episode. Whoever gets the closest can decide the entire order for our final section here. So, okay. So, Jay, what episode are you guessing? Between one and nine? Between one and nine. Solo. <laughs> uh, no, you're I'll automatically say... going first. <laughs> <laughs> that works for that. No, I'll, I'll go first. That's fine. <laughs> um, no, go ahead. Think of uh, seven. Come, seven. Okay. Paul? Four. Okay. Andy? One. Okay. It actually was seven. So. Oh, nice, nice, nice. <laughs> so Jay gets to decide our order. So, what's the order going to be? Uh, I will go last. Okay. Let's have uh, Paul go first, and let's have Andy go second. All right. So same timing as before, Paul. You have two-ish minutes, although none of you came close to two minutes, so you probably <laughs> won't need it. But you've got two-ish minutes for your opening arguments, and then we and will what? go back and do a round of rebuttals again, too. Cool. And what is the question again? So, oh, yes, I didn't tell you the question. Here is the question. Um, tell me, two-part question, tell me, who is directing your trilogy? One director for the entire trilogy. Um, more importantly, tell me why that director is the right voice for your story. Mm. That's what I'm going to be listening for the most. Mm. And then a caveat to this is you cannot use any directors who have directed live action material in the Star Wars mm. franchise before. So no previous film directors, no Mandalorian directors, all, right. all new choices. So that's where we stand. And Paul, you are up first. Are you ready to go? Absolutely. All right. Hit it. Okay. So I have uh, gone with Taika Waititi. Now, Taika proved with Thor Ragnarok and with most of his other films that he gets gravitas, right? Like he gets the weight, emotional weight of situations, but he also gets comedy and he gets heart. And guess what? The Last Jedi thought it was funny. But my God, it was so grim and so fatalistic. And Taika has this magical ability to have sincerity and pathos living alongside absolutely bonkers high comedy through lines. And when I was a kid, Star Wars made me, like, it made my heart sing with a sense of fun. Uh, you know that section in a video store that says adventure? It just does not exist anymore, partly because video stores don't exist anymore. <laughs> Taika would make this trilogy fun. He would turn it into three actual, honest-to-God adventure films. And who else could handle directing a crew, including Danny Trejo as an Ewok berserker and J.K. Simmons as a cross-dressing Twi'lek seductress this well. Who? The answer is Taika Waititi. Who indeed. Wow. Um, okay, I'm going to throw one thing out real quick here for Jay and Andy, just so you guys know. Yeah. Technically, Taika Waititi is a director of an episode of The Mandalorian, but... That episode has not yet been released. Oh, okay. I did not know that. I yeah. didn't, if I if I knew that, I wouldn't have done that. No, I, that's oh, okay. God. The episode okay. has not been released. We have not seen it, so I think okay. we can include it here. I think that's safe. So, great. Okay. So if everybody agrees with that, but then for we'll reference, move J.K. Simmons has played cross-dressing <laughs> <laughs> Twilight, which is crazy. So just put yeah, the, just, just put in the background somewhere. Yeah, yeah just yeah. in the background. Well, that's right. Many of America's <laughs> finest character actors were somewhere in Jabba's barge. So yeah, yeah. that's true. That's very true. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. Andy, are you ready to go? <laughs> I'm ready to go. Hit it. My director is Ryan Coogler, known for Black Panther, Black Panther 2, and of course Creed. Sure. Um, perspective is everything from this guy. And not only is he bringing a new voice to Hollywood and new voice to Star Wars, his directing style is to take, especially we saw in Black Panther, a very unrealistic, you know, reality, that being the Marvel Cinematic Universe with Wakanda, and make it steeped in reality with real truths. And I think he's going to be able to do that with 
this particular trilogy because Star Wars, let's face it, it's in a galaxy far, far away, but there are certain truths he can bring out. And also he has a way, which we saw with Warmonger in Black Panther, to give you sympathy for the bad guy. And we need someone who's going to give Plagueis, make him sympathetic, make, make you want to root for the bad guy. Not only that, um, his cinematographer, Rachel Morrison, is one of the best in the business, and she will film this Star Wars film, this trilogy, like Star Wars has never been filmed before, with more practical effects within the CGI, which they were able to merge perfectly well, not only in um, Black Panther, but in Creed as well. There's a lot of that going on. So I think this will be a new voice, a new perspective. Um, I'm just thinking about you know lightsaber fights that are all one shot, like we saw in Creed or like we saw in the battle season in Black Panther. They have an entire battle scene between a Jedi and a Sith that's just one continuous shot. We have never seen that Star Wars before, and I think it would be a great challenge for the Star Wars universe. And... Uh, just, it'll also bring some diversity to the directing uh, directing um, directors within Star Wars that we have not seen yet before. Okay, fantastic. Jay, are you ready to go? I am, yeah. I feel like I don't even want to win this. I just want to... <laughs> These are excellent choices. <laughs> I don't even want to win. Uh, so, you ready? Go for it. Okay. George Lucas. <laughs> no, just kidding. He's uh, the worst. He's the worst. Jay's directed a good Star Wars Jay's out film. of the competition. <laughs> Andy and Paul ready for um, rebuttals? No, I'm just kidding. No, no. Here we go. Here we go. Here's my real, here's my real one. Uh, Denis Villeneuve is who I'm picking. Ooh, and you learned how to pronounce his name. Good job. <laughs> for the first time, I have not said Denis Villanueva. So can you please give me some extra points for that? Um, no, but good job. <laughs> no, so here's the thing. Uh, I was talking about this with Daryl earlier, and this is actually sort of the exact opposite argument of Paul's argument because I tend to like I'm like Rogue One is one of my favorites Empire Strikes Back is one of my favorites I like when they're adventure films I like when they include adventure films but I also really like to see more of the art house slower takes the in in the in the film that I the films that I pitched sound like they could be over the top crazy adventure films I would like to see them filmed almost like in a noir type of way uh, with Denis Villeneuve behind the wheel, um, I think the tone and the visuals could take on a uh, Blade Runner 2049 type feel. I think we could use a slower art house pace to uh, a Star Wars film in the future. And yes, it would make it a lot more of uh, an adult-focused trilogy um, as opposed to a kids-focused kind of trilogy. But I'm super here for that, and I think it would be really fun um, to see in the mix with the, what we already have in the Star Wars universe. Okay. All right. Now we are ready for final rebuttals. Paul, this is your last chance to rebut. You ready to go? Yeah. Hit it. I really love um, my my competitors' directed choices. I think they're, they're fantastic. They're really great choices. But they're not as good as Taika Waititi. That's all I got to say. <laughs> For real? Is that really all you got to say? That, yeah, that's all I got to say. Yeah, man. Like brevity is the highest form of wit. Like I don't, you know, like I, I, I genuinely think my film, my choice kicks ass, and you know, like, <laughs> good day. <laughs> I said good day, sir. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, oh boy, <laughs> Paul, are you, uh, Andy, are you ready to go? Yes. Okay, hit it. Uh, we don't need an adult Star Wars. We want these films to succeed, not to fail. Uh, noir Star Wars doesn't work. Maybe a series, not a film or a trilogy. Absolutely not. Taika Waititi, great director. Um, I'm just afraid we're gonna get some weird, you know, you know off story with Jawas or something. I don't know. It just he little little too out there for me in this uh, you know, we don't need classic rock within Star Wars, so no Taiko T the year out. So mine he is a proven action director, Ryan Coogler is with a proven uh, team behind him who's great at storytelling and bringing things from another perspective. He is more qualified than any of these other directors to get a Star Wars trilogy off the ground. All right. Very nice, very nice. All right, Jay, you get the, well, no, I really get the last word, but you sort of get the last <laughs> yeah, word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I would say that under the Disney umbrella, we already have these two directors directing Marvel films, and yet Denis Villeneuve hasn't appeared in any of the Disney films, right? So I would like to bring him into the Disney fold and see something a little different. I like when, so Paul's argument with um, Taika Waititi 
uh, goes to the difference of the Ragnarok film. It's a different film in context um, of the MCU. And I would like to see some different Star Wars films. And I think we could use a voice that hasn't been under the Disney umbrella and yet I'm an amazing filmmaker. Okay. All right. So it's time for me to award a winner <laughs> and right, disappoint got, two people. You have to award some kind of winner here. Yeah. It's very difficult. I don't okay. envy you at all. I'm glad I'm not the moderator anymore. Which is funny because you were going to be. I was going to be. I know. It would have been an easier job for you because you would have only been choosing between Andy and Paul because I would not have been a contender. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> which I will, after I decide, after I reveal the winner here, I will say what my, say what yours is, what my yeah. pitch was going to be and you guys can have a good laugh. <laughs> um, okay. So I'm going to crown... Andy as our winner. Oh, yes. <laughs> Andy. Woohoo! So it, it came down to the rebuttals for me. You all had great reasons for why your directors were the right choice for your films. I think I think that was pretty equal. So it came down to the rebuttals. Um, my choice kicks ass just didn't quite sell it for me. <laughs> well, I think I established with my rebuttal that I don't really care whether I win. Whether I win. <laughs> Uh, obviously, your choice does kick ass because the one you chose is the only one who actually is signed on to direct something That's related right, to yeah. Star Wars. That's right. good. There you go. But um, wow. from the perspective, of, and then Jay, the reason that I chose Andy's <laughs> arguments over yours was because um, I, I sort of felt like bringing, bringing the Marvel thing in wasn't incredibly relevant. Like, oh, really? Like, yes, he would be a new voice to Disney at large, but... Coogler is also a new voice to Star Wars, too, and we're talking about Star Wars specifically, not Disney at large. So, All right, that's fair. So that's why I went that route. So congratulations, Andy Neal. Thank congratulations. you. Thank you. You have won the episode. Now, What do I get? Somewhere uh, Paul Giamatti is again uh, you get, crying. <laughs> <laughs> you get our undying respect, and then um, Paul will cast a ridiculous character actor to play you in an upcoming film. <laughs> nice. <laughs> So that's, that's, uh, that's your reward. <laughs> that was a fun nerd fight. That was really fun, guys. Good job. It was. Uh, let me Okay, so let me tell you guys why I backed out of this and why Jay had to come in and uh, give a real pitch. I was having the worst time, and the literal best thing I could come up with, and you're going to hate this so much, was a Star Wars Marvel crossover. <laughs> Oh God! Wow! That See, that's, that's just <laughs> okay. That's cringe. That's beyond cringeworthy. I know, yeah, yeah. and I realized that, and that's why I backed out. So. <laughs> you know what? Oh. It, you know what? That would still be twenty times better than anything in the DC Cinematic Universe. So I think. <laughs> you can yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, it was literally going to be something like, like the whole light speed collision thing didn't kill Holdo. It rocketed her into this like way station thing, <laughs> oh, no. like we get in Marvel. Oh no! And it, it was, uh, it was. Trust me, I I could go on, but it's I love the idea that the one character who crosses over is Laura Dern. You know, like just the one. <laughs> no, no, I was going to have Paige Tico go too. <laughs> so. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> oh boy. But yeah, it was, <sighs> yeah, it was going to be a film starring Laura Dern. A relative unknown as Paige Tico, because I'm not <laughs> sure who played her. Yeah. And then, like, Gamora was going to be, like, the main Marvel. So it was, yeah, there was a women it, power oh, thing wow. to it, and that's Ooh. great. But trust me, it was bad, and um, you're welcome Wait, for did backing you, Did you say Gamora or Gamorian? Because now I'm thinking about <laughs> Giamatti again. I know. Oh. So, no, I said Gamora, but if you want to have Paul <laughs> Giamatti play Gamora. You, you pan across <laughs> the Guardians of the Galaxy, and just at the end, like, in a sexy <laughs> leather pants as a Gamorian, just <laughs> muffin topping over the edge. Isn't crazy? <laughs> No. Kissing uh, Peter Quill around in his stupid <laughs> mouth. I know, I know. So, so you see why I backed out, and I think we have a better show because of it. Uh, so, again, Andy, congratulations. Thank you. Um, guys, before we go, um, let's find out what you guys are up to and where people can find your stuff. So, Andy, why don't you start? Where can people find you? What's, uh, what are you up to? Uh, currently have the Dcast podcast covers all things Disney, Pixar, Marvel, and of course Star Wars. The official podcast of the DisInsider.com, breaking the greatest and best stories in the Disney universe, including Fox. Now, of course, uh, just go to DisInsider.com. 
Uh, you'll uh, hit on the podcast link. You'll see the podcast there. Also write for the Disney Insider. Uh, and then Skylar Schuler, the editor-in-chief of the Insider.com, and myself are starting another podcast called The Insiders, where we just talk the industry as it goes to Disney. Our regular podcast, we talk the parks, we talk Disney food, you know, just nerdy stuff. But myself and Skylar being movie guys, we're talking just the industry. Think of it like Entertainment Tonight, but the Disney Universe in a podcast. We start that actually on Monday. So oh, check that out, Disinsider.com. Cool. Awesome. That's so cool. And then, Paul, in addition to your uh, new Star Wars trilogy that you and Ryan Johnson are writing together, what uh, <laughs> what are you? <laughs> First of all, Ryan, I'll see you in court. Secondly, um, <laughs> I'm doing a so, right. So, uh, my dad was a cop in the '80s, and um, I wrote a book about his adventures, uh, in which I am also a character. Weirdly, it's called Loose Units, and uh, they just bought the sequel. So, there's going to be a nice. new Loose Units out there nice. in the world in 2020. Um, dad and I are currently uh, touring our live show, where we talk about cases on stage, uh, and we've just finished sell out shows in Melbourne and Sydney um, and I just made an insane impulse buy I just bought the Hasbro Black Series Darth Vader helmet and uh, let me tell you something it's starting to smell weird I'm not taking this thing off so. <laughs> <laughs> that's, not, that's not technically news it's just like I can't find the off switch to open it so if someone wants to come around here with like a, with the jaws of life and crack me out I'd really appreciate that so thanks <laughs> Very Mandalorian of you, by the way. Yeah, not to it really is. Off. God, I just love that show it's so, so good. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is it for our show, guys. Thank you for joining us. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Yeah, yeah, appreciate it. And um, that's that was the crappiest ending ever. I just <laughs> totally, <laughs> I totally ran off the rails there and we'll lost my we'll train of thought. We'll save it on, our, on our outro. We're good to go. Good. Lord. <laughs> okay, stopping recording now. That is it for today's show. Special thanks to Andy Neal and Paul Verhoeven for joining us. What a fun fight. I'm glad I backed out of it. Um, Coming up next week on the Story Geeks podcast, we will be digging deeper into the character of Darth Vader with Helen O'Hara from the Empire podcast, one of our beloved guests. So don't miss that show or any of our upcoming shows. Subscribe today on your preferred podcast provider. And by the way, if you're watching The Mandalorian on Disney+, Plus, be sure to check out our second podcast channel, The Story Geeks Talk Disney+. Plus. We break down every episode of The Mandalorian right after it comes out. And if you want to vote on any upcoming show topics, get access to our discussion questions and prompts, or even join us live while we record a podcast, please consider becoming a member of The Story Geeks Club. For more information on all of that goodness, visit thestorygeeks.com. On tomorrow's Aftercast, you can hear Jay and I talk about even more stories that we would like to see once the rise of Skywalker has come and gone and where else the Star Wars universe can go. So subscribe on your preferred podcast provider so you don't miss that. Thanks for listening, and as always, question everything in your favorite geek stories and always seek the truth.